I'm Emma Goswell and welcome to FN Hormones, the podcast about perimenopause and beyond. It's me and three of my mates, Terry Sweeney, Ina Katani and Helen Brown, all having a bit of a chinwag about, you guessed it, our FN Hormones. We started this podcast, well, I started this podcast, knowing very little about Perry or Menno, and it seems I'm not the only one. In this episode, you're going to hear from two women who have carried out a load of research into how women feel about the menopause, and the results are startling. You'll hear from them in a bit. But let me make this clear. If you think you're perimenopausal, and it turns out to be something else, you're in our gang. If you're menopausal, you're welcome too. And if you're the partner of someone going through this, well, we're hoping you'll learn something about what the heck is going on with your other half. Basically, half the population goes through this, so it affects everyone, and you are all very welcome. Right, time to hear from the girls, Terry, Bina and Helen. How are you all doing? Hello, hello. I like the let's welcome everybody sentiment. Well, exactly. It is for everybody, isn't it? Let's not forget. It's half the population, isn't it? And it's not just women. It's going to affect trans men as well, non-binary people. There's a lot of people included in this who sometimes get forgotten about, actually. Yeah, Yeah, totally. Um, so, do we do a little update on what's happened in the last week? I'm trying to think of... I'm sure I've got an update about well, something, but I've forgotten. Great, <laughs> 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 number one. Good on. Listen, Em, I've actually got a bit of information for you that I spotted on Facebook this week. Oh, yeah. That might provide an explanation as to why you've been struggling to get through to your GP so much. Oh, yeah. Because it's we're coming out of lockdown, so we're recording this in the week that indoor dining, for example, has been allowed mm. from today. And so things are opening up again and everybody's gone, oh, that thing I was going to ring my GP about, but I haven't bothered to because of the pandemic. I'm going to start calling them now. So apparently they're inundated with all the kind of not as essential stuff because people feel like things are opening up, which mm. makes a bit of sense to me. What do you think? Yeah, it's difficult, isn't it? Because like, sometimes they do ask you that question. Is it essential? Is it an emergency? And I'm like... Well, it's not an emergency, but it is kind of ruining my life. But then again, it has ruined my life for the last five years. So, yes, I can probably live with it for another month. Mm. So it's difficult, isn't it? You don't, you just feel like you're being too pushy, don't you, sometimes? Which is another female trait, I guess, isn't it, sometimes? Yeah, but I think you've got every right to be to be a little bit pushy, Emma. I mean, you've OK, you've been going through it for years, but at the end of the day, it's your quality of life isn't very good at the moment. If it was mm. a sore toe, you'd go to the doctor if you couldn't walk on it. It's a health service. It's not a treatment service. Mm. Very good, good point. point. Mm. That's a very good point. Mm. Oh, she's yeah. good. How's everyone else been? Any bad symptoms this week? I've actually been quite lucky because I'm quite the opposite of your experience, Emma. I wanted to change my HRT because I realised that I, I felt like my hormones were going all over the place again. And I bit the bullet because I'm the same. It's like a battle and you get worried ringing the GP and that you're going to have to wait and queue. And, and I finally got through to a GP and got called back within two hours and now I've got new HRT. So it's all happened quite quickly. Haven't Hi. haven't started it yet. So, but yeah, I feel quite empowered this week because I've made that step. That's great news. And another reason why I should join your doctors and ditch mine. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> How about you, Helen? You've been a bit poorly, haven't you, this week? Yeah, unfortunately, I had to have a day in bed last Friday. This ties in with my D on the A to Z of Perry and Menno, so we might as well crack on with that, eh? Because my D is for diet. Ah, and have you not been dieting well this week, then? Well, when I get busy, it's really hard. And we spoke in the first episode about how I'm basically Madonna. Because, you know, I'm like low histamine. <laughs> without the cone. Without the cones. Without the cones. <laughs> So, and, 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 you know, that's, 
I try very hard to kind of keep it empowered in my head about my diet, right? Because it does have to be so stringent that it can get a bit mentally difficult sometimes. And I absolutely refuse to get into a situation that has been imposed upon women for time immemorial about eating something allegedly wrong mm. or so-called bad and then feeling guilty about it and getting into a cycle of like shame and stuff with it. I absolutely refuse to do that. But I do have to have a very stringent diet because if I stray from it, it makes me ill. And so what I've been finding is that when I get really busy, I'm sure you've all had the experience where you like throw up in the food cupboards, you know, you've been pulling a few long days and stuff and you look in the cupboard and you think, what am I going to eat? And the problem mm. with me is, if I'm not on it all the time, I literally open the cupboard and I can't just fashion something. I have to have the right stuff in, otherwise I literally can't eat, or the stuff that I eat will make me have a migraine. And I know that this is like a really common thing for women, perimenopausal women, they talk about suddenly developing all kinds of food intolerances, and that's what's happened to me. But it's just kind of got to the stage now where I've been feeling pretty fed up with it. And, and I'll tell you what happens, right? And please don't judge me, because this is a thing that I'm sure that other parents do, right? If there are sweets in the house, if my little boy has any, any kind of sweets, I think it's like a pressure cooker that I'm so good in every other way. No booze, no caffeine, no bread, no gluten, you know. God, God. Just, honestly, it really <laughs> is a lot. And so if there are sweets in the house, and I literally scoff his sweets... Is this why you got a migraine? This is why I got a migraine on Friday, Is yeah. it from sugar, then? What is it? I think I've got a really big thing with sugar. I think I'm really mm. sensitive to sugar. The thing that, as I mentioned before, I've been investigating is, is the histamine intolerance. And so far, the things that I eat that are on the histamine intolerance list, I am reacting to them. The sugar thing does seem to be a different thing. However, I was reading that the sugar can have an impact on the histamine intolerance thing. Anyway, I just wanted to mention diet because I know I'm not going to be the only woman going through this. And, um, you know, it's tough. I mean, I would love to be like Madonna. I'm sure Madonna's got a, a mind of steel with regard to this because she's well, lived like this. Probably a personal is, chef. Exactly well. yeah. what I was going to well, say, well, Bina. Don't beat totally. yourself up, Helen, because and, uh, she will totally have a personal chef. She won't even do her own shopping. She will just get served quinoa and all the healthiest things. <laughs> quinoa. <laughs> can get her hands on. Quinoa. Love. Whatever, all that. <laughs> I do actually eat quite healthy. I just never know how to pronounce quinoa. Quinoa. <laughs> we'll let you off, mate. We'll let you off. But yeah, listen, I tell you what, if I ever win the lottery, that is the first thing I would buy. I would get a personal chef. Because oh, and I me. I'm me. so sick of thinking about it. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. We're so on it. We'll get one. Good. Okay, so that's D for diet. That's D for diet. And oh, Bina, we're, we're on our D. So what, what D are you bringing to the table this week? Vitamin D. I mean, I've been taking vitamin D for quite a long time. A few years ago, my sister actually, she was feeling a bit crappy, a bit run down. So was I. My brother as well. I didn't know anything about vitamin D. She went to the doctors and got checked and her GP in London tested her for her vitamin D levels. Now, it's not part of the standard blood test when you get your, everything else checked. Uh, so they did this separate test and it turned out she was actually dangerously low on her vitamin D. So they basically flooded her with vitamin D. It was a bit wintry and just run down, tired and brain wasn't fil you know, firing on all cylinders and all that. So I went to get a test done and mine came back, not dangerously low, but quite low. And mm. so I had this massive influx of vitamin D. So you take quite a high dosage for, I think it is a week it was, and then you start taking one a week after that. So ever since then, I've been on vitamin D tablets, but I did feel dramatically different 
when that happened and that was about five years ago i think they do say sort of black and people from south asia darker skin tones like me are advised to take vitamin d just because i guess genetically we're programmed to live in sunnier climes and mm. and when we don't really have that in this country particularly in the north but when it comes to like perimenopause menopause and polycystic stuff it obviously plays a role in immunity it helps with things like depression and brain fog and concentration issues but also i've only just realized this in the last few days that vitamin d is actually a hormone no way well. yeah. what really yeah wow um, i didn't know it helped with brain fog either that's new to me yeah so when i was reading it about vitamin d in the context of sort of menopause and sort of you know these kinds of issues um it's good for blood sugar regulation so like insulin resistance Mm. um ovarian function and cancer prevention and also sleep and i read a statistic the other day that says 85 percent of women who have polycystic ovary syndrome are deficient in vitamin d Ah. so i've got me i've got me little pills here nice label (laughs) oh yeah so Love it. Take them. All right, Sorry, Bez. was that quite loud? That was really, that's a really loud miracle, that was. <laughs> Woke me up. How can you get it more uh, naturally? Is it in, It's fat-soluble, isn't it, vitamin D? Sunlight. Is it in milk, or am I just imagining that? No, it's, it's known lessons? as a, it's a sunshine vitamin, so actually right, okay. get, getting out and getting plenty of daylight. So, yeah. Just good it, for your soul, isn't it? Getting a bit of sun as well. Yeah, it just definitely. makes me feel so much better and happier with life. I just feel like I actually have a glow if I get sun on my face. So why the fuck I live in Manchester, I don't know. <laughs> 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 oh dear. Effing hormones. The perimenopause with no taboos. Shall we move on to Terry? You've got a totally different D, haven't we? From diet to vitamin D to what? Dryness. Oh, <laughs> again? Oh, no. No. Hang on a sec. Wait, wait no, a minute. No, I'm, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Oh. <laughs> I was going to say, you're not going to add another word in front of that, beginning with... Well, uh, no, no, well. dryness, vaginal dryness. Oh. Uh, no, I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I'm kidding. Uh, right, so D, yes, D4, um, well, deafness, but in a not going deaf way. Yeah. A lot of women experience tinnitus when they start going through perimenopause and in menopause. And tinnitus is like whooshing sounds, ringing in your ears. I get it, and it's just it's hideous. When it's at its worst, it's just really horrible, really distracting, and prevents you getting sleep. And basically, it's a lack of oestrogen in your ears and in your uh, auditory system can cause deafness and can cause tinnitus in women in menopause. I know, I've been doing a bit of research about this, but there's a couple of reports by different researchers in the States at the moment, but this sort of speaks to the issue that there isn't enough research about menopause as a whole. But there are different reports at the moment, one saying that a lack of oestrogen can cause deafness in women in perimenopause and menopause, and they've done a study on that. And another study says that too much progesterone causes deafness in women so it's like you, you can't win you with each this is extraordinary i've never heard of this as being a symptom in menopause though. oh totes mentioned it the other day didn't she but yeah, that was in refer- yeah. um totes in approach who was our very first guest yeah. on effing hormones our facebook blogger but we at the time i thought she w- was referring to the vitamin b12 deficiency that, with regard to that so i didn't realize mm. it was a an estrogen thing as well I found that quite interesting because I've I've suffered with tinnitus, but it got worse just just as I was going on. Uh, I was getting more and more menopause symptoms. My tinnitus got really really bad, 
that's partly why I've I've asked to change my HRT to see if it's because I'm not getting enough estrogen. Well, you'll have to keep mm. us updated then and find out whether a change in your HRT actually does help. The well, just quickly, because HRT obviously won't work for every, every woman, but there yeah. are other options of what you can do. So it, there isn't a treatment as such for tinnitus, but there are suggestions of what you can do. So um, for me, I use menthol crystals, um, which is where you put your head over a bowl of menthol oh, crystals yeah. in a bowl of hot I water. I swear now, by that if I've got a bad cold. Yeah, but the the thing is with tinnitus, it's not like it's blockages, but it is a problem with the eustachian tube in your in your ears. So it's not necessarily. Oh wax gosh, or you know all like the that. fancy words. Don't I, you, I do. I've been in and out of ENT for years. Oh, amazing. So yeah, I've had I problems didn't know with this. it for years. Yeah, yeah. Really? I, I actually can do sign language because I um. Can you? I was wow. told I was going deaf at one point, um, which brings me to actually the other thing about yeah. deafness is that there are loads of resources on the. Um, Louise Newson's website, the menopause oh. doctor, she's just released 14 videos for people who use BSL, so British Sign Language. So That's there good. aren't very many resources for, for deaf people who are going through menopause. But so linking to that sort of deafness, there are now resources for women who, who use sign language. That's fantastic. What does it what sound the... like, Terry? Can you actually do an impression of what it sounds like? Or is it what, just tinnitus? Weird? Yeah. Well, for me, it's like, it sounds like the fridge. It sounds like there's loads of bottles in the fridge rattling, like a, wow. a, a constant rattling. Oh you know, when you're in bed, it's like... Oh, mate. For me, Ooh. that's what it's like. That's where Enya comes in. I see. Is that where Enya comes, comes in? Comes in. It, it gives me a bit of something to hear other than the sound of my ears or what's shall going we, on um, Shall this we is why she carry likes off Enya? with Enya? Or shall yeah. we... Uh... <laughs> this is why she likes Enya, because it sounds better than... Bottles rattling so in the fridge. That's if you haven't heard the first episode, we need to explain that yeah. we have a Spotify playlist. It's F in Hormones, E double F I N, Hormones. It's open, it's public, it's collaborative, and we banned Terry from putting Enya on it because we are musical snobs, Me. basically. <laughs> yeah. um, but, but do you know what, Terry? I've, how many years have I known you for now? And I never knew that. Yeah. I never yeah. knew that. Gosh. But it's, it is quite distressing. When it's bad, it's quite distressing. And a lot of women who suffer with it have to get therapy because it can actually drive you like I really, really mad. mad. Uh, yeah. So there are there's things like CBT, um, cognitive behavioural therapy is recommended if it's really bad for some people. Your GP can help with it as well. So if you are suffering, you know, it's, it's get help with it, but it can be pretty, pretty horrible. And is the hormone deficiency just responsible for tinnitus or can it just be general deafness as well? Well, the stuff I've read today mm. says it can actually cause deafness. Tinnitus isn't necessarily deafness, it's just the noises. Mm -hmm. So deafness is where you do lose some of your hearing. Um, so, yes, yeah, so there is a report saying that women in postmenopause who didn't have enough oestrogen were experiencing more deafness. Gosh, wow. this is amazing. Wow. I'm going to tell this to my girlfriend. She keeps accusing me of going deaf, but I just keep accusing her of, like, mumbling in a Dublin accent. So that's... <laughs> <laughs> that Both of those things may be true. <laughs> yeah, exactly. it, it did take you a while to learn to spell a name, Emma. Come on. It's <laughs> <laughs> difficult. Anyway. Um, go on, Bina. Can I, can I just chuck in another quick yeah. D? Just because it was all the rage last week. The Davina McCall documentary oh. about menopause. Yeah. I watched it today, actually. And? Yeah, pretty much everything that we're saying. It's all the lack of understanding of what's happening and so many, so few women know what's happening and there's so little support when they try and get help and antidepressants being the first port of call. And There was um, a lot that rang true for me as well, yeah, about yeah. the antidepressants. But also yeah, I think it was yeah. really good that she's highlighting sort of the lack of training that doctors are getting. and that, 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 mm, so many yeah. that was really interesting, wasn't ha it? haven't had that training, so it's no wonder we're driving around in circles, like going mad trying to get the right treatment when people don't know what's going on. 
That really struck me that it's actually an e-module that they can sign up for. They don't have to take it. Yeah. Um, they, they have to vo yeah. they voluntarily, as GPs, they voluntarily learn to to help 50% of the population. I mean, 13 million women are currently going through perimenopause or menopause mm. and GPs don't have to have training on how to yeah, it's optional. help women in menopause. Nuts that, isn't it? Yeah. Absolutely I have nuts. to say, I thought, you know, they, they obviously did get a, a statement from the Royal College of GPs mm. and I was quite astounded by the statement they gave, you know, basically saying we can't afford to, you know, we just can't do it. And I was like... That's not great, is it? Hopefully now the documentary's gone out and there's been such a massive reaction. I mean, everyone who's my age was texting. People are calling it the rise of men power, aren't they? Well, I well. do feel like there is some sort of menopause revolution going on at the moment, isn't there? There really is. You know, yeah. people well, are Hopefully starting. we can do our little bit to help. Yeah, well, well exactly. It's, it, the yeah. documentary's already had a bit of an impact, actually, because loads of GPs have voluntarily signed up for training. I don't know if you saw that this week. Yes. But off the back of That's that, good. they have this, this, this free training available for them and hundreds of them have, have signed up for it. So it's certainly raising awareness. I think that's half the battle. The media don't want yeah. to cover it because it's not sexy. And maybe they're now realising, well, actually, if Davina can talk about it, if, you know, uh, Mariella Frostrop did a documentary on it a few yeah, years ago Yeah, she did well, a while so, ago, didn't she? Yeah, 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 there needs to be more of that kind of thing. <laughs> Definitely you know, does. So, Definitely. Yeah. Well, it's even Zoe Ball talking about losing a sex drive. I mean, you know, yeah. we do need these sort of powerful yeah. women in the media to be out there talking about it, don't we? Yeah, really? so yeah. That was really good to see her doing that as well, actually. Yeah, hopefully one that'll cause a bit of a bit of a stir and a bit of a revolution. Revolution, revolution now. Come on, girls, men <laughs> power. What do we want? I can't remember. When do we want it? Uh... <laughs> <laughs> what was it again? <laughs> can't hear you. Brain fog. Uh... Or Brian fog, as I kept writing. Brian fog, I know. Brian fog. Right, listen, Ems, is it time for our guests? Oh, I think we got on. Is. That's a really, really good time to bring them in, actually, isn't it? When we we're just talking about how so much needs to change. Finally, guys, it is time for us to introduce our next FN Hormones guests, Heather Jackson and Sam Simister. They're the co-founders of a new website called Gen M, which is a one-stop shop for women going through the perimenopause and the menopause. It's a bit of a mix of products, resources. It's got everything on there from information about symptoms to other women's stories and stuff about online events as well. They've also carried out some really in-depth research about how women feel about this time of life. And some of the results from that survey are really quite something. We're going to find out about that in a little while. But first of all, let's get a little sense of you guys. So you're both highly successful women. What made you want to do this as a project? It was frustration and desperation that set Sam and I to do this. Back two years ago, I was suffering really badly from what I thought was death, imminent death. I was absolutely scared, rigid. I'd uh, got my Thelma and Louise time. I'd cashed in on a business. My kids had all left home for the right reasons, and I was swinging from the chandeliers. I was going to have my Thelma and Louise time. Mm. And I was blown away by the chronic fatigue I got fatigued to the point where every time I sat down I fell asleep, emotional to crying all the time when I should have been at my happiest. I was thyroid tested, dementia tested because I'd got really bad brain fog. I had nine different appointments at the doctors and everything came back negative with the hospitals apart from the fact I still didn't feel myself. So they gave me antidepressants and I met up with Sam who'd been a good friend with me from my previous business 
and she couldn't believe the shadow of the former self I was. I was, you know, she said, "What? why don't you come out to Portugal, Heather? This isn't like you. Long story short, Sam diagnosed me whilst out in Portugal as perimenopausal, not depressed, not dying or anything. And I cannot tell you from having thought I was completely out of control of my life and my body and everything else, but couldn't find out what was wrong. It was just such a relief to find I was perimenopausal. So I Googled perimenopause. I'd got 28 out of the 35 symptoms of perimenopause. And I cannot tell you how happy I was. You know, this was such Mm. a relief. And when Sam came back and says, oh, my God, Sam, I'm perimenopausal. I can now sort my life out. And I'm going to spend the next 24 hours on the Internet, find out the solutions and move on. And Sam went, well, good luck with that. And I'll come back after my next meeting. I'll tell you about my menopause experience. This was the beginning, Portugal, glass of wine, sunbed, where we suddenly realised that it was a disparate landscape for searching out your symptoms, understanding who you were, what you were. And Sam and I decided to take action on this. But I'll let Sam tell you her story first. And so, like I said, desperation and frustration led me to being part of Gen M and putting all my finances into this. So Sam was short of a picnic and not (laughs) blaming the perimenopause for it, completely aware of what we're doing. And Sam, over to you for your journey. Well, Sam, it sounds like you deserve an F in, which we'll come on to a little bit later, for rescuing poor Heather by the sounds of it. Yeah, no, absolutely. Well, it could just be H's lovely way of saying that I'm a couple of years older than her. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get that later. But no, I mean, I um, look, I, I like to think I'm reasonably well-educated. I've held down a career for many years and I was woefully unprepared for what happened to me. At the time, I was running a global supply chain for Innocent, a job that I absolutely loved. You know, we just secured a significant amount of capital to build our own world-first sustainable carbon neutral factory. I was traveling globally. We were just about to launch in Asia. I was really enjoying my career. Top of your game, yeah. Yeah, top of my game. And then all of a sudden, out of the blue, I started having the worst anxiety attacks where I couldn't leave the house. And and that just wasn't me. I lost my confidence. I started to have some real wobbles. I was questioning every decision that I was making. And coupled with that, I was having the worst night sweats that just were keeping me up. Imagine that you're lying in bed and you've just got a bucket of cold water that's being thrown Mm. over you. I mean, it was Mm. that bad. So being quite resourceful, and solution focused, I thought, well, how hard can it be? I'll sort the hot sweats out. I'll go into a retailer that I started my career with in the food industry that I have always leaned on, I guess, for one thing and another. I thought I'll go there and they're bound to have some sweat wicking pajamas. (laughs) Well, if I was to tell you that I had the worst meltdown, I mean, my poor husband and 21 year old son, I completely lost it in this department store. And I just couldn't believe that there was nothing. And to the point where I got so angry as a scientist, I decided to do my own research and uh, source fabric that could sweat, whip the sweat away, I should say, and make my own gym jams. But that's another story. Anyway, I was really frustrated and managed to navigate my way around it for, I guess, a little while. When it was only when I really saw Heather and saw the state that she was in, my lovely glamorous friend that was the shadow of her former self, that we just said enough is enough. 
how hard was it for you in the workplace then? I mean, if you're going through this stuff like, you know, an inability to sleep and the brain fog, that's going to affect you on a day-to-day basis, yeah, isn't it? It was really tough. And I actually resigned. I don't mind sharing. I just got to the point where I thought, I just can't do this. Looking back now, my well-being was absolutely shot. And I'm, I'm just one of the lucky ones. I'd got an incredibly compassionate CEO who said, come on, let's go for a coffee. Let's have a chat. And we sorted it out. And I've now got an amazing role that's a new role for the business. And I'm back on track. But Mm. I resigned. You know, it got that bad that I just, yeah, I just had enough. And both Sam and I felt that if we could build a website that was a one-stop shop for time-poor women who absolutely had been taken mainly unprepared for the perimenopause and the menopause, that they could actually find things that they were looking for. And I know you, met, you you eloquently put quite a lot of things that we put on our site, but we did research in the report that you're doing, and 96% of women, menopausal midlife women, wanted a one-stop shop because actually they're finding it hard to search. And 78% of women, when they first think the menopausal, search for the internet first. And would you be surprised to know that over the last five years globally, there's been more Google searches of the word menopause than there has climate change. That's a big issue that we've got right now. So we decided that if everyone was jumping from site to site, panicking, what they could find, was it medical advice? Was it products? You know, why couldn't we bring the best of the menopause all to one place? Because in a world where you can get, you can Google, you can get Amazon the next day. Why can't you find what you're needing the next day for menopause? That's as important as it is. So basically, we are the curators of a site that brings together the best of the menopause. Because let's be honest, I mean, you've you've touched upon the Davina McCall series and everything else. But actually, you know, that was one element, the medical and the HRT. Actually, the menopause was called the change years ago. Mm -hmm. And actually, why was it called the change? Because it changes everything in your life, from the shampoo you need to used to the bedding that you might need to sleep in, to the clothes that you'll wear, to the makeup that you put on, and you're now getting sweat down your face, you want foundation that will stay on it. So basically, we wanted to bring a holistic site because just going to the doctors and taking a pill is not going to help. It's going to help some of the symptoms, but it's not going to help the whole process of the menopause. You've got to understand what nutrition to take, what exercise to take, and live through it. Because my mum, she was a make-do-a-men. She never talked about the menopause. She just got on with it, like many of other generation of mothers before us. And quite frankly, you know, I do applaud them in one ways, but I actually don't applaud them in another because they've done bugger yeah. all to help us prepare for this menopause. <laughs> and actually, we're the generation that are working through it, not retired or anything else, you know? So, yeah. We wanted to actually make women realise this wasn't about, oh my God, I've got hot sweats I'm not going to buy myself some new bed linen because I'm ruining it anyway and it'll be over in six months no the menopause transition can last us up to 15 years so get some bloody bed linen that will help wicker it <laughs> you know let's not put it off transcend through it and actually make your menopause absolutely applaud it acknowledge it do not deny that you're going into it and embrace it and look just as much as if you were going to enter a marathon you wouldn't go out running in your slippers you'd go and buy a kit you'd train you'd eat the right food you'd go around people who were already running and find out what they did so why do we let women enter the biggest marathon of their lives unprepared without any direction so gen m's here to give the direction to those women 
The research that you did touches on loads of those points, actually. But one of the things that surprised me the most was the unpreparedness. That two out of three women that you surveyed, 2,000 people, said they were completely blindsided by it. And I guess that was your experience as well, wasn't it? None of us are prepared. And, you know, in a way, it sounds like you are blaming the generation above. We we need this menopause revolution, don't we? We need Gen M and things like that. Because none of us are prepared, are we? No, I mean, that was certainly my experience and, and Heather's as well. And the research backs that up. I mean, Heather and I had really strong instincts when we were going through it. But we wanted to we wanted to have the data to back up our instincts. Because mm. what that well, data... Sam did. She's the scientist. Yeah. <laughs> I was ready to go with gut reaction. That was our... <laughs> no, and gut reaction's really good. But my God, no one can ignore this report. And what it's actually giving us, it's giving us an opportunity H and I to have some really, really good conversations with big business, not just big business, but small business that is also out there doing some incredible things. But we want to drive change because if we think, well, we believe if we can get some of these big global giants on board and sitting up and smelling the coffee and recognizing that they've got the menopause friendly items already in their portfolio, they just need to signpost them better. We think we can drive change faster because the the stat that scares me 2025, there'll be 1 billion of us in menopause across the globe. 2025, that's around the corner. That's literally next week, isn't it? That is terrifying. Yeah. Yeah. And and I think if if we don't carry on doing something different, it's great that we've got women talking about it now. We're starting Mm -hmm. to open up the conversations. We've got incredible celebrities you've mentioned before, Davina McCall, Zoe Ball, Mm -hmm. the whole lot. And, you know, Mariella Fostrop started it off three, four years ago. They're talking about it. You've got doctors like Louise Newsom pushing on, you know, the doctors and the practitioners with a menopause charity educating more doctors. You've got your Diane Danzibrooks incredibly getting more about education into the schools and things. But, you know, the biggest employers, the biggest people with money, you know, the biggest spread of consumer awareness and marketing capacity are brands. And Mm. actually, if we could bring brands and organisations involved in this, men and women, as Sam's touched upon, it's a societal issue. You know, the highest rate of divorces is in women 51 to 54. The highest rate of suicides is women 50 to 54. Please Gosh. don't anyone ever tell me that the menopause does not have an impact Gosh. on everybody here. Back to our invisibility report, most women and men can only name between one to five symptoms of menopause. There's 48 symptoms. Now, how can we break a taboo without knowing what we're looking for? Mm-hmm. So with this campaign that we're building, it's 48 global and home-recognised brands sitting alongside, pledging to bring out the awareness of the 48 symptoms alongside this. From a business perspective, it's a really smart thing for these brands to do. It's a no-brainer, really. You've got all these women. Well, I think that's a really good point that you raised because what the report also said that women are just bloody fed up with with being invisible and also their loyalty is going down the pan so Mm. if brands really do want to support they've got such an opportunity here to support their employees because my god they employ thousands millions of, of women in the sector and also they've got a fantastic opportunity to retain 
grow their market share and their consumer loyalty. And I know having worked in FMCG for my whole career, that's critical for a brand. Mm. And once you've lost that trust and that loyalty, it's really hard to get that back. And I don't mind talking about the menopausal pound because we have to be commercial for it to, I think, register with these companies. I'd be really interested to find out how difficult those conversations were. Did you struggle with any of these big brands in trying to get them on board or, you know, did you suffer any sort of setbacks in trying to get them to get involved in the project? No, I think when we've we've gone out and approached them with our campaign and our introduction, and it's been absolutely brilliant how we've got to the top people that have been engaged and how many men at the top have been engaged with it as well. Because, you know, the, we're not here pushing on companies, forcing them to make menopause policies. Mm. We're asking them to bring up the conversation and do something on a broader spectrum here. It's a societal issue. And actually, if we talk collaboratively and not antagonistically, you can bring people along on this journey because they have the power and the ability to make real change to the change faster than you or I or individuals can ever do. Mm. And so it's about finding that way. And yes, you brought up the menopausal pound. How often in life is there a win-win here to be purposeful yet commercial at the same time? Everybody wins. And that shouldn't be knocked here. I know there's been certain, you know, um, commentary about, oh, well, companies are going to be in it for that menopausal pound. If it gets women and those in transition, what they're looking for, does it really matter if we, you know, everything... If Sam gets her pyjamas, come on, Sam gets the right pyjamas as well. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. Did you find them in the end, by the way, Sam? No, I made my own. I sourced my fabric from Italy and I made my own prototype and um, watch this space. There may be a genem range of uh, sweat-wicking (laughs) pyjamas. I'm all here for that. What are some of the brands or the organisations that have got involved that you're the most excited about, do you think? Unfortunately, we're too early with you to actually be able to announce those or oh, talk okay. about them. But um, you, won't, you won't be surprised by some of them that coming on board. And, and like I say, up until now, we've just been we've just had one decline and it was for a very good reason. So no one else has rejected us so far. So and, and we're at executive level conversations now. So there should be some exciting times ahead for women to understand that these brands do see them. They just you know, it's like the report showed that 66 percent of men feel helpless with the menopause. I do think in a way that sometimes companies have felt the same, that helpless is different to being ignorant. Helpless is saying, I feel your pain, but I don't know what to do. And actually by bringing on this pledge and then bringing on the the store that we're building for them to showcase menopause-friendly products as well, we're giving them an ability to say, actually, you know, we're going to guide you through this. We're going to help you because no one wants criticising. They want constructive criticism. And we're giving them solutions to help them here. Are brands waking up to the fact that women don't want to look frumpy with these products, for example, because I feel like in the past that, and I think this ties in with your whole invisibility report theme, doesn't it? So many women feel invisible because it's like they, they don't feel attractive anymore and there's nothing there for them that kind of really reflects their true selves in all their coolness and, you know, but every generation gets younger and younger and younger in how they present, right? So... Are the brands catching up with that, do you think? Well, that's part, that's a great, great question. And that's definitely part of what we're talking to them about. Because when you look, as you say, how women that are perimenopausal and menopausal are represented, I don't recognize those women when I look at them and I'm in 50s. So that is definitely part of it, you know, getting the brands to really 
do their very best to represent us all in the way that we want to be represented. And I do think that will change. I think it's going to take time, but there's some brilliant campaigns. Ole just did a fantastic campaign. They had been challenged because they weren't representing women in a great way. So they have done something that's quite cool. I think Unilever through Dove do things well when they get their act together. So I think that's part of what Heather and I are trying to encourage these brands to do. And as H says, you know, we have tried to make this easy for them. Um, what I'm excited about is that we've got small brands, independent trailblazers that are really doing some wonderful things with menopause products right up to some of these global giants. And we've basically created a pilot for them all to dip their toe in and test to learn because that's what we know big brands like. They like a pilot to test to learn. And hopefully, you know, we're making it as easy as we can for them to say yes and to come on board and, and to just talk to this audience. Effing hormones. Talking about perimenopause. Because no bugger else does. It is now time for your Perry Perry grilling. This is where we ask all of our guests the same question. And first up, this is how we keep tabs on who's got the dubious honour of having the highest score when it comes to symptoms. So think top trumps for perimenopause symptoms. And then we've given each one a score vaguely tied around how rare those symptoms are. There's no real rhyme or reason or sort of medical expertise on this. It's just the rarer ones have a higher score. I mean, brain fog was the biggest one for me. Chronic fatigue. Definitely memory loss. Loss of oh, constipation. Can I have constipation? Oh, that was we'll on put the list. That down. Yeah. Is that on the list? Yeah. Okay. No, it's, is it on the list? Well, yeah, because it's like tummy digestive problems. Oh, right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah def- definitely gum issues. Definitely electric shock. And wow. I, and I don't know where menopausal hair comes on the list, but... God. <laughs> Anxiety for both of you? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm- so it's, like well, a, that, like a, it's like a menu, like a shopping list. This is regular heartbeat, anyone? <laughs> I, I was I was sent to hospital having in a hotel thinking I'd, I was rushed to hospital with a supposed heart attack and <gasps> or a stroke. And it turned out and, you know, at the beginning, and then they thought I'd got a blood clot because I woke up and I honestly thought I'd got a weight on my shoulder and then I couldn't on my chest. I felt like I was just being drowning with a big weight on my chest I couldn't breathe I got to got to hospital rushed into hospital I had numerous tests for 48 hours in there and I cannot tell you how embarrassed it was when they said we've gone through everything but we now think that you must have had a panic attack and Aww. actually it was, it was that was the start of my when I look back now that was the start of my perimenopause because yeah. again you know it was the most shocking experience and it just triggered everything but it was the, that was the start of it so yeah panic attacks and anxiety attack that you was you should get that was 30 points for that age Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but better to be safe than sorry if you are having any oh, kind of chest pain or palpitations well I have to say no one I couldn't breathe no no one would have not rushed me to hospital I mean the hospital were convinced I was having a heart attack do you know what I mean oh it was that was as bad as as it was and um no the most frightening experience but um now you mention it I completely forgot about that <laughs> <laughs> right <laughs> ladies we can go through the rest of our peri peri grilling and I will tot up these scores and give you okay. your uh give you your scores after the next couple of answers thank you uh, okay well next up is the effin awards this is uh, where you get to say a big thank you to anyone who's really supported you through this tricky time you can give them an exclusive effin award so nominate your peri or meno hero could be a mate that's been there for you it could be someone in the public eye or just someone that you want to give a big old thank you to for helping you through so who is your effin for and why 
Well, my effing award is going to go to my dog, Stanley, because he's the <laughs> only one who's stayed with me throughout this whole journey <laughs> and actually looked at me compassionately, just looks at me and goes, come on, you can get through this and wags his tails or walks out of the room when, and then comes back in again. So again, if we all had a Stanley in our lives, we'd be able to navigate the menopause so much better. And I know that's a bit flippant, but my God, dogs do really come in handy here when you actually just need someone who won't say anything to you. Will just look at you with love and go, I'm with you. I'm with you, mum, whatever you're going through, I'm with you. So um, that's Big woof for Stanley then. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm all for that. It's our first award for a four-legged creature, but I'm here there for it. Brilliant. It, won't be, it won't be your last one now, but no? Stanley will be the top of those awards, I assure you. Yes. <laughs> what about you, Sam? Oh, gosh. Well, aside of my lovely husband, who has just been bloody brilliant, it has to go to my local pharmacist. Because when I did take the plunge and decide to go on HRT, and that wasn't mm. an easy decision for me, I thought long and hard, HRT was out of stock. Where I lived, you couldn't get it for love nor money. And he saw, the st- I think I cried again in that store as well. I had a bit of a, had a few moments crying in uh, retailers. And he was just brilliant. And he did his very best to, to get me HRT. He kept me posted. And um, he's just been so lovely to talk to about recommending other products for other symptoms. Yeah, I, he's a, he, was, he was a stranger. I now feel he's a friend and he's a super, super guy. So I definitely want to give him a call out. There you go. Worthy recipient of an effing. Fabulous. Um, And finally, it is time for you to nominate a tune for our Spotify playlist. Now, we think this is really important because although you hear a lot of us um, sort of moaning about symptoms and talking about the perimenopause and the menopause, we also want to show that we are more than simply a bunch of whinge bags and that we are actually women (laughs) with full lives and we love our music too. So, Heather and Sam, here's the sort of rules. We're after a song from you that really makes you want to get out of bed and feel like a badass woman, or maybe a song that chills you out when you really need it, or a song to express that rage that we often feel. (laughs) So what have you gone for? Well, I've gone for a a piece of music that's followed me through my life and actually even more so through the gender balance business that I built up about. Obviously, I I didn't touch upon, but I built a business that was all about encouraging more women to take their careers forward and worked with 150 global companies and 15,000 women to get more women to take their careers rightfully forward to the top. And I built the world's first gender balance leadership conference. It's all about, actually, I've always been about opportunity. We opened the conference with this piece and then obviously cashed in on that business. And then Caroline Parada, she brought out the Invisible Woman book that actually showed how little women have been looked at when it comes to science and technology and why in a car crash we're more likely to have an accident because the seatbelts weren't built for us. And then obviously now we've got the menopause and again, it's that invisibility and, and, and people have said if, if men had had this problem, we'd have solved it by now. So my piece of music, it's a man's world, but it ain't nothing without a woman. By I love it. That's fantastic. Go on, Sam. What have you chosen for us? Well, nothing quite as poignant as that. I am a massive mountain bike fan and um, do a lot of it. And I spin and spinning is blooming hard and the music gets me through it. I also really like driving fast. So I've gone for a bit of glamour, really cheesy New Jersey rock. And I've gone for John Bon Jovi, It's My Life. (laughs) 
that's a tune it's a great it's a great tune to spin to it's a great tune to drive fast to and um the words actually yeah i they resonate with me good on you ladies i have scores on the doors for perry trumps oh go ahead okay so sam 40 heather 29 you have the one. dubious <laughs> honour of on this episode of Effing Hormones being the winner. <laughs> I think it was the electric shocks that did it, wasn't it? It was so. the electric shocks and the gummy, gummy shoes. They're both oh, like scorers. Fantastic. Right, there you go. Well, thank you so much for joining us. I feel like we could have talked to you all day, probably, but um, so much more to come from you guys, it seems. And if you want more information, of course, jen-m.com. Thank you very much. Thanks. Hey, well done, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Cheers. Well, that's the end of Effing Hormones for this episode. Next time, you're going to hear from Colette Walsh. She's a journalist who covers women's issues. She's also trained in holistic therapy, yoga and IFS psychotherapy. And she's got a lot to say about a woman's right to choose when it comes to treatment. And also got some lifestyle tips for peri and menopause. So we can't wait to see and hear what she's got to say about it all. Thanks for listening. Remember, you can get in contact. All we need to do is go to the FN Hormones website. That's uh, fnhormones.com. And if you have enjoyed this podcast, it would also be fabulous if you could uh, rate, review and subscribe. It would mean a huge deal to us all. Thanks so much. Bye.